Welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast and my name's Jason Barnard. Today you'll be hearing from Ray Thomas, founding member of the Moody Blues, 
flute player, singer and songwriter extraordinaire, playing tracks from across Ray's fabulous career. And here a bit of chat as I talk with Ray about his times with the group and also his solo work. So let's hear more. Thank you for taking the time to do this. The first song that we've played the podcast is one of the um, rarer tracks from the new um, Magnificent Moody's box set as such, the repackaging, yeah. the fantastic 50th anniversary edition out on Esoteric. And we've played the first recorded version of Go Now, the first time you did that in the studio. Yeah. I read that that was quite a long recording process, or the, the production of that track was. Is that something that you recall? Oh, yeah. I mean, the strange thing was, give you a bit of the background that led up to it. We were always a working band, you know, and, uh, you know, we was either gigging or recording. Anyway, when we first came down to London, we were starting to play rhythm and blues then. In different bands, had a night at the Marquee Club. Man from Man had a night. Yardbirds had a night. And Long John Baldry had a night. There was three that come to mind. And uh, Paul Jones got laryngitis, and so they couldn't do their night. And to get into to do a gig at the Marquee was, I mean, it was a the prime gig to do in London, you know. And so Paul couldn't sing, so that they couldn't play. And so we got a call on the afternoon. So and unfortunately, we weren't we hadn't got a gig. They said, "Will you come and and step in?" And so we were in there like a shot. And we went down a bloody storm. I mean, you know, they they liked the fact that we were from the north and uh, we were playing slightly different music. We weren't playing like heavy blues. We were playing stuff like uh, James Brown stuff and Rufus Thomas stuff and whatnot. And so they offered us a night of our own. And so we got involved with the marquee that way. And they had started to build a studio in the back at the club and so uh, we were looking to you know to, for a studio to work in they said well the studio is not finished the control room and everything is and so we said we don't give a shit you know <laughs> we'll go in and so we went into the studio after the builders had left at the end of their working day and so we recorded go now underneath ladders and scaffolding and piles of plaster god knows what and that was the very first thing that came out of the Marquis Studios was Dono. And so that's why it was kind of a long process, because, you know, the, when the damn studio wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that some of the rest of the material that made up the Magnificent Moody's album was recorded much more quickly. Yeah. Well, most of the stuff, you see, we were playing, you know, live. And so we knew all the, uh, the songs off by heart and uh, we put actually on the album was was a stage act yeah. really and the uh the second track that we're playing is ain't necessarily so uh, oh yeah i assume that was part of your stage act sure yeah and i sang that simply because i liked it yeah and you know it's a good gershwin song mm. yeah <laughs> Things you like. 
Thinking of playing uh, on the show was one of the uh, BBC recordings that features on the Magnificent Moody's set, and that's a track from uh, a Saturday Club session, which is on mm. the BBC, and that particular version of From the Bottom of My Heart, I Love You. Oh, yeah. Actually, that was recorded at the Marquee, too. Oh, okay. And I played, for the first time, an alto flute on that track. You know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's an alto flute. Mm. which was the first time I'd used one. I mean, it didn't do so well in the charts and that, but we liked it. Yeah, it's a really nice song. Yeah. Criticize from the 
But he could have held us too, you know. He was a gentleman. I guess the next period for the Moody Blues was where, you know, as you indicated, unfortunately, you had a, a string of singles that didn't quite chart, and then uh, Denny left, and then Justin and John came in. Yeah. And I've heard about the story of when you, you went way up north into the northeast of England and did cabaret. and Oh, Christ, that was a <laughs> bloody disaster. Yeah. Absolute disaster. Actually, the uh, the guy who owned the club, was, I mean, Colin Berlin at MAM was uh, doing our agency work. We were getting shorter gigs, like you do if you, you haven't charted for a while, you know. And so he booked us in for this cabaret thing. We went up there, and I mean, it was all really hard working class folk, you know, and they sat on their hands a lot and said we paid our money entertainers, you know. Halfway through our act, he phoned Colin up and said, What the bloody hell have you sent me? He said, My patrons and clients, he said, They're leaving in droves. <laughs> I mean, when we came off stage, it was so bad. You know, I mean, the reception was so bad, we weren't playing. We were trying to play stuff to entertain them, and it wasn't our, our way at all, you know. I mean, there was tears in the dressing room. Mm. Some guy came into the dressing room, and he said, well, and he was ever so polite. He said, I've just popped my head in. He said to Tilly, he said, that's the worst bloody show, he said, I've paid money to see. Mm. And we all thanked him, <laughs> you know, which was, oh, thank you. And he bucked it off. And so that was when we decided to, uh, we called it shit or bust. Mm. And we said, we're going to write all of our material. And if people like it, great. If they don't, well, we'll enjoy it. You know, we couldn't go back and try cabaret again. It was days of future past that broke you guys, I, I assume. Yeah. yeah. But in the States, the uh, Nights in White Satin didn't take off. And they pulled it and put Tuesday afternoon out. And that got people interested in uh, Days of Future Past in the States. Yeah. It's interesting you mention about the success in the States because I, I managed to find a song by a band called the Tangerine Zoo who were in the Boston area. Tangerine Air. Zoo? Yeah, they're in the Boston area of the States. They did a cover, which I'd like to play of Another Morning. Oh, really? 1968, they did it. 1968. No... Well, my wife's American, Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's just shaking her head. She's sitting here <laughs> and says she's never heard of him either. <laughs> Lunchtime sounds so inviting now. 
If you haven't heard of the Tangerine Zoo, you may not have heard of this next band that have done enough one of your tracks. And this time, it's a band from Harrow, so that's yeah. obviously England. And believe it or not, it's a band called The Outside Toilet. The Outside Toilet? Yeah. Did a really nice version of A Legend of a Mind. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I've never heard of any of this, you see. pretty great. <laughs> They only recorded it on acetate in 1970, and it got released five years ago on a, a compilation. Oh, right. But Legend of a Mind, it obviously is an absolutely unbelievable song, and obviously really well known for singing about Timothy Leary and, and, yeah. and that sort of area. The thing was, I mean, people really took it seriously. Because, mm. I mean, at the time, everybody was getting into this spiritual thing, mm. and uh, I'd read a book of Tim Leary's, and he was becoming quite well-known in America. And so I wrote the song really as a bit of a piss-take. I could see the astral plane being like a, a psychedelic painted biplane that mm. you pay a few bucks and get a trip around San Francisco Bay. I mean, I've met Tim loads of times afterwards. Yeah. Actually, he came when we played the Greek theatre in, in L.A. and he came backstage and he said to me, he said, can I have a quiet word? And so I said, yeah. So he took me to one side. He said, if you ever tell anybody about this, I'll deny saying it. He said, but that song made me more famous than I did. Because <laughs> 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 he was a real, uh, he was a mystique. I always describe him as a mischievous Irishman. He used to wind people up on purpose, you know. A lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. Looking in 
the Moody's in this period, in fact, on a real period where you had massive success and you released a string of albums and obviously key to all those albums was your material. A song I was um, like to play is Eternity Road. Well, I can tell you a little story about Eternity Road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, during the war, and I was born in 41, I was taken down the air raid shelter and uh, there was uh, our family and two other families who, who were our neighbours. And my grandmother and, the, and her two friends, all the same age, you know, all grannies. Mm. I mean, sometimes you see the blooming Luftwaffe was, was over us before the sirens went off. And she, every night she'd go, hark. And then Mrs. Atland, who lived next door, used to go, listen. And then Mrs. James, who came from the other side, used to say, here he comes. And so they became known as, known as Arklis, and here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that stuck in my head. And so that's how I started, Arklis, and here he comes. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's the story of that one.
another one of your well-known tracks is another classic and I'm, I'm not quite sure why it wasn't released as a single I'm not aware it was released as a single that's For My Lady oh yeah I started to play For My Lady with on the orchestral tour mm. and it was the first time I really played it live was at Red Rocks oh yeah and then we played with the uh, Colorado Symphony and uh, well it's just a love song really yeah. Oh 
I guess by the early 70s, 1973, you guys had been together so strongly for such a while that you kind of needed a bit of a break. That's right, yeah. I mean, we'd been living in, in each other's pockets for years. I mean, we used to tell jokes by numbers because we'd heard them all. Mm. Everybody had told the bloody things God knows how many times. It got testy, you know, and so uh, we decided, that, you know, we, we needed a break from each other and everybody was keen to work with other musicians and get other influences, you know. I'd like to play Adam and I from Mighty Oaks, which is a, you know, fabulous yeah, well, record. Yeah, I wrote that. I mean, you know, my son is now 41 with a couple of sons of his own. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was only a little toddler when I wrote that. I mean, I think it's self-explanatory, that song. But it is one of my favourites, too. so long for you to come along hoping and praying my love would bear a son now I see that love it shines within your eyes we're gonna take a journey Adam and I will ignore all borders for our spirit must stay free free as the wind that blows there's so much for you to see we'll ride on a moonbeam and never
river of life flows swiftly into the sea of time. Our lives were made for living. My joy is in your smile. We'll talk to the heron, and he can teach us how to fly. We're gonna take our journey out of the night. Our Lord is in his heaven. He watches us below. His seed was made for sowing, and we reap what we sow. But he's a man of love. Divine, he's on high. We're gonna take our journey, Adam and I. Adam and I. Adam and I. Adam and I. My son and I. You um, hooked up with Nicky James, didn't you, and uh, wrote yeah. quite a lot of that material. Yeah, well, Nicky and I wrote most of it together. Mm-hmm. God rest him. Yeah. I guess Nicky's no longer with us. I think he was one of the best singers to come out of the Midlands. I really mm-hmm. do. And he never really cracked it. I mean, he worked right up until his death. He never really cracked it like he should have done. You know, we were thinking of going out on the road, and that didn't come about because we were still writing, so I decided to go back in the studios and do Hopes, Wishes and Dreams because I hate having songs lying about. Mm-hmm. You know, if I wrote them, you know, once I've written one and it's finished, I like to recording, and mm-hmm. then you put it to bed, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's sort of hanging over in your head. If you're writing other stuff, you want it out of the way. I particularly like migration. Is wildlife a key thing in your life oh, and yeah. nature? Because I, I love fishing, you know, and I have done ever since I was a little kid. I was fishing over in France and I saw the migration. This is long after I'd written migration. I mm. saw the migration of the cranes, thousands of them coming from Siberia down to Africa, you know. But, I mean, it's a wonder of the world. Fantastic. And uh, migration... I worked with a guy called Professor Terry James, another Welshman. Most of my band on the solo albums are all Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> he was the principal conductor. 
for a long time, you know, for the BBC uh, Light Orchestra. I mean, if you listen to the, the way he's done the strings on migration, it's, it's fantastic. It is. It does give you that, that open, wild feel about it. For the poet's hand to write love letters Flying high in straight formation Seeking out their destination Over seas and windswept forest Frost and snow, they're soon forgotten Trees are bare, snowflakes are falling You can hear their leaders calling Follow me, fly strong, my brother Be strong of heart and help each other And here I am, I'm just a man And there you are among the stars Flying high, searching for a new tomorrow. I wish I could The other song that I got inspiration more or less the same was Nice To Be Here, which was one of my favourite songs that I wrote. Oh, that's a lovely song. And that was literally from sitting by a river or a lake. 
and I used to camp out for a week at a time fishing. And after you've been there for a while, uh, all the the wildlife, when you first arrive, buggers off. But after you've been there a few days and they realise that you're not any threat to them, they're running all over your feet. And I mean, I've had kingfishers landed on the end of my rod. And, mm. and I used to like writing kids' songs, like Another Morning, mm. On Days Future Past, and so on. And so I got a great kick out of doing that. Lovely weather, must climb a tree. I was a little kid again, you know, and I just went through a band, really. And I just imagined, you know, the minnows are devising water valley so surprising. And mm. I asked uh, Justin, actually, if he could play the solo on just one string, because we had a frog playing a banjo with just one string. And Justin tried it out, and he, he couldn't make it just with one string, but he did it on two. <laughs> <laughs>
after um, your solo records that were really well received, um, you guys in the Moody Blues got back together and entered a sort of new phase of your career. I already planned to play Veteran Cosmic Rocker, of course. The Veteran Cosmic Rocker, some reporter came to uh, review one of our concerts in the States, and he was um, a reporter from uh, the New York Times, and he referred to me as the veteran cosmic rocker. Well, at the time, I thought, bloody cheek, I'm not veteran. And then I thought, that sounds bloody good, actually, veteran <laughs> cosmic rocker. And so I nicked it <laughs> and, and wrote that song. track I particularly like is a song off Keys of the Kingdom. Oh yeah, Celtic Sonan. I'm going to re-record it actually oh, for, the, for the solo album, yeah. 
because uh, I've become very friendly with Finbar Fury. He played on one of my tracks that I put on my box set. Mm. I'd like to re-record Celtic Sonan with the Irish pipes on it. It would lend itself to that. The Sonan beat, it means a lone, vibrant voice. I was going to just sing it with no backing whatsoever. I got talked out of that. I mean, Bias Bichel played harp on it, you know, Mm. on keyboard, but uh, played, I'm talking about big harp, no harmonica. Deep peace of the running wave
There's another other track that I particularly like of, of yours from Strange Times, which was released in the late 90s. Um, my little lovely. Well, that's that's for my grandson. Wow. He's 18 now. That's how long that's been. And then again, you see, I mean, it was it was another kiddies flavoured song, Pixie Glue and Fairy Dust and God knows what. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice, really nice yeah, track. Thank you. tales sometimes come true use fairy dust and pixie glue then all the love will stick to you my little lovely always believe and never doubt the wizards cast their spells about there's such a lot you won't lose count if you look closely ripples are like dreams searching for the shore Together make oceans roar Night visions make spirits soar So choose one wisely Not all angels can grow wings They seem to soar by other means You can fly, although it seems A little slowly Fairy tales sometimes come true Use fairy dust and pixie glue Then all the love will stick to you My little lovely Ripples are like trees Searching for the shore Or together make oceans roar Night visions make spirits soar My little lovely wanted to play a song that you featured on uh, relatively recently and that's from the Moody Bluegrass 2 album and that's Dear oh, Diary yeah. and you played on flute on, on that didn't you? Yeah, I'll tell you how that came about because the Moody Bluegrass, they recorded their first volume of, of Moody Blue stuff and sent me a copy over and I was absolutely thrilled with it I really love it and I mean, some of the picking on it from Nashville, those pickers are brilliant. I sent them a, a letter back saying how much I enjoyed it and how I thought they'd made a great job of our music. But I sent one of the guys a little silver flute in a case and I put on the case. This is the only thing missing. This is no flute on it, you see. Mm. And he wrote back and said they were doing volume two and they were going to do Dear Diary. Yeah. Would I put flute on it? And so I said, yeah, great. And so they sent it over and I went in the studio and put the two flutes on. Fortunately, it was in the same key as, I, as I'd written it, so mm. that wasn't a problem. And then I got a letter back saying, uh, not only were you the, the first rock and roll flute player, but you're the first bluegrass flute player. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my claim to fame now. Dear diary, what a day it's been Dear diary, it's been just like a dream I woke up too late, wasn't where I should have been For 
goodness sake What's happening to me Write lightly, yours truly, dear diary It was cold outside my door So many people by the score Rushing around so senselessly They don't notice there's people like me Write lightly yours truly dear diary No way of knowing what the game is Still they carry on Doing what they can Outside me, politely, dear diary Tomorrow be the same I know that They're really not to blame If they weren't so blind Then surely they'd see There's a much better way For them to be Inside me Yours truly, dear diary Dear Diary, it was kind of a cold day, kind of mean outside, but the sun came out later and I decided to take a run up to Nolansville Road and check out the junk shops. There were some nice Mexican cowboy boots there, just a little too tight. Then I went across the street to Phonolux and they were selling one of my records that hadn't even come out yet. Went home, read the paper about all the pestilence and mine cave-ins and incest and everything, and then looked at my Bluegrass Unlimited this month and there was another highlight review of the Cherry Holmes family. <laughs> There's one song that I wanted to play of yours which was The Last Dream. Um, oh yeah. Which I really, really like. The Last Dream. Mm. It's about, well, somebody taking it really. It's a very touching song. Thank you. Really touching. Thank you very much. Strangest dream. He 
stood in a garden of flowers that overlooked the sea. And then, sailing by, were his truth and his lies going home. Sounds fill the air with love. They made his senses pound. He saw with open mind his life turned with the tide to go Go! Oh. 
you know, to finish off, I'd like to play Stop. Yeah, and it's got such an unusual beat. Mm. You know, I like that one. And it's 50 years since the Magnificent Moody's. Yeah. Does it feel like 50 years? <laughs> it feels like longer, actually, now I'm wow. doing these interviews, because... I was trying to remember that. I mean, there's a lot of music gone under the bridge since then. You know, I'm dying to hear, hear all this when it's all put together because, I mean, my wife's done a hell of a lot of work on this box set, getting it, basically getting it all together. Sounds great. It really does. It's a, oh, good. It's, it really is the definitive story of the Moody Blues from 64 to late 66. Yeah. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you. It's uh, honestly, uh, Ray, it's been a privilege, honour, pleasure and, and many other words that I can't even describe. Um, no, that's great, mate, no problem. Make your mind up 